ESPN Lafayette. E to the S to the P to the N. The best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Great Scott Show. Coming at you on a Thursday. I'm in the studio. Norman Locke is not. As you heard, if you listen to Rise and Grind, he appears to be on the road somewhere. Norm, I, I hope I hope you're on the road. Super Bowl. I hope you're on the road, like coming from a Chick Fil A to. to make do on that bed. I mean, we're three weeks in here and still nothing. They don't have any Chick-fil-A in California. I mean, that, well, that's actually not true. They do. But I mean, what, what, I, just <laughs> like, I, just, I just feel like every every week you're going to come up with a reason not to just make do on the bed. I mean, you're better than that. Come on. I'm hungry, man. Yeah, I'm not, just... I'm not lending, but I mean, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I like to, to take vacations to go see my girl, you know? The question, I'm starting to question. Everybody needs a little All right, all right well, ne- next week, next week, that's it, right? We're good next okay, week? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. of course. I don't know. Yes, sir. I feel like you're trying to rope me into another bet to try to, you know, I don't know. I'm, I, 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 For some reason, even though you're not in studio, I have like... I don't know. I have like my caution tape up. Like I'm, I'm hyper aware. I'm like, I, he's trying to pull something. I'm not sure what it is, man. I just, I, or, or are you just good? You just here to talk sports this morning? I don't know. I don't know. Oh no, I got some slander. I got some slander. I got some slander. <laughs> why don't we? Why don't we start off with some slander? What is bothering you this morning, Norman? What's bothering me is um, y'all, y'all head coach, you know, the, the Saints organization right now. I just think they fumbled uh, the hiring process. Uh, I understand hiring internally with Dennis Allen, but, I mean, you, you send Eric Bieniemy on an eight-hour interview and you send him on his way with a, a hand grenade and a, and a, and a beignet, and, a, and that's it? That's it? And they didn't hire Bieniemy. It wasn't a surprise that they went with Dennis Allen. Now, I'll tell you. I'll tell you where I'm a bit, um, where I, I'm a little. I'm a little concerned here. Uh, I don't. I, Dennis Allen might be fine. Whatever. I don't. I don't really know. I mean, he wasn't good when he was in Oakland, and you know, really, no one was. No, the end no, of no. He had. He had Terrell Pryor. He had Terrell Pryor as his quarterback. So I can't. Who's going to be good well, with Terrell Pryor? And, and Al Davis in his later years as the owner was not. I mean, no one, no one did good as the the head coach of the Raiders during a, a rough stretch there. They they had they had Correct. lots of issues, and that's I'm not even trying to make an excuse for him. I mean, that's just reality. Like I don't, I don't necessarily view that as like bad, but I also am not like the Saints saying, "Oh, that's invaluable experience." I mean, it is what it is. I, I you'd like to think he learned something. <laughs> I think either way, it's just overplayed. Like, where is he at now? Like, he learned had he never been the coach of the Raiders, it feels like they still would have made this move. I guess that's my point. I don't I don't think it really had this big swaying correct, factor correct. one way or the other. That's and I just think it gets played a lot. But like you know, I. It seems like now, you know, not not bringing Curtis Johnson back. I mean, I. Eh, 
you, know, you, you get yeah. rid of Jim that's Cheney, what, that's, you that's, get rid of Brendan Nugent, who's on the O line. It, it's like Doug Marone's okay, and you know he, he can coach an O line, sure, whatever. I, I I don't even have anything against Marone, but it's almost like it's one thing to like sort of run it. He brought back. his friends in, right? It's it's a bit too much of that. Which in reality, Norm, that's just that's. That's coaching. That's football coaches like everywhere. That's kind of part of the, yeah. you know, when it comes to the head coach, well, look, that's on owners and at universities, that's on ADs and presidents. And then that that's a different thing. But when it comes to filling out a staff, that's that's where, you know, a good old boy network is. And that's true of football everywhere. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's I shouldn't be, I guess I shouldn't be surprised about it, but I... You know, Sean Payton, you know, he... he I, I was seriously surprised because I I truly thought that he was going to retain, you know, everybody who he's been with, uh, unless coaches went and got hired other places. So it was a shocker to me. Pete Carmichael has no... He's like, I don't want to be a head coach. Uh, I got to be an OC for a <laughs> long time. And when things got bad, they got mad at our coach because he's the play caller. And uh, now that it would come back on me, I'm just going to step into a different role here. But, like, here's the thing. Sean Payton, you know, after after the 2016 season, the Saints, you know, three straight mediocre seasons. I mean, I, I, was, I was wrong when I said, okay, the Saints are done. You know, they're not going to get back to a good place. And then they won four straight NFC South titles, and, and they ended up being good again. But, like, I just – I remember back when that happened, when they started to turn it around, Sean Payton fired a lot of his friends. And he hired new assistants in 2017, and so I, I look at I look at Dennis Allen. He's bringing in Doug Marone. You're bringing in John Morton. It's like, okay, I don't know. I'm looking at the, Sean getting rid of guys when they're able to turn things around. Yeah, I I don't know. I I know that 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 Marone and Morton were not part of those 2017. I know that's not when they weren't on the Saints when when that happened. Whenever Peyton you know fired some people. No, they got. They, no, he they, they was on the the um, 06 to 08. Yeah, they were they were they were there. Morton was there for a little longer stretch. But like my point is, Peyton kind of he he stopped with sort of the nepotism that you see in coaching a lot when it comes to a staff. Um, and the Saints improved. You know, was it the only reason they improved? No. Was it one of the re- was it was it probably the most overlooked reason? Sure. I mean, the 2017 draft gets looked at as like the only reason, and that. It was a big reason. Don't get me wrong, but well, no, you, had to, you had to bring in a, a different staff to get a different eye, set of eyeballs. Yeah, all on of that because right. you look at the last three years of those draft picks, they were all bust. And Jeff Ireland, well, Michael Thomas wasn't a bust, but um, and Von Bell was. Into a bit, but the 2016 wasn't a terrible draft, but that was Ireland's first year. He hadn't been there long at all, and then in 2017, it was whatever. My point is. Sean Payton got away from the mindset of, I just got to go with what I've done, what's comfortable, hiring friends. And he kind of shook things up, and the Saints had a lot of success. And now, you, you know, you promote Dennis Allen, which isn't a surprise, but it, it seems like it's the traditional sort of nepotism approach to filling out a staff. And then you... <sighs> You get rid of. I mean, Curtis Johnson has done so much good for. I mean, you're not going to blame him for what the Saints had a receiver last year. Good lord, uh, no. I don't know, man. I, I so I'm I'm not I'm not. Uh, I don't have an issue with Dennis Allen at all. But there are some moves that everyone's that they're making, and 
let's just say I'm not like jumping for joy. Like, all right, this is a no brainer here. Good job, way to go. I I'm gonna I'm gonna question <laughs> it here. I'm gonna point out, yeah, you know, there could be some issues here. Let's not just act like everything they do right now is is a home run. We have no idea, but let's 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 look at it objectively and let's look at what is you know failed in in recent years and what has worked. Yeah, and I, you know, and I'll say this, Scott. You saying this has given me a, a new eyeglass to look at you and talking with the Saints. You know, maybe you're just preparing the fan base and all the listeners for another, you know, in the middle of me, or mediocre season. But, you know, I, I like it. I like this conversation right now. It's a lot of honesty in the air right now. <laughs> I mean, I can point out issues with a team that I root for at the same. It was funny. I was talking to Lance Moore yesterday. And Lance is a great guy, and uh, he was. I, I just was asking him about Super Bowl Fifty Six. He Lance does a little bit of TV now, you know, a little bit of analysis, and he was like, "Listen, you know, he, long story short, Norm, he basically said that he he thought the Rams would win, but uh, you know, objectively, he gave his reasons why. He's like, but I grew up in Ohio, and and I I know you know the what a Bengals win would do for that area. He's like. I also, you know, I'm a Saints fan. Like, I don't like the Rams. He's like, so I'm rooting like crazy for Cincinnati. But here's why I think the Rams will win. I'm like, see, you're doing it right, Lance. You're, you're, you're in media. You're objectively saying what you think would happen. But you also still have the fan in you. Some people say some people can't separate the two. But I, I you, you know what? You hadn't been in media long, but you're doing it the right way. And he laughed. He's like, I guess, I guess that's how you're supposed to do it. He's like, I can't just come on and fanboy all the time. No, you can't. You can't. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's a, a, gr- a good middle you could be in. You can even be a little bit in the yellow, but you can never be in the red. I feel like once you get to that Skip Bayless with Tom Brady and the Cowboys, you're not even objective anymore. I mean, I you know, I mean, you do pick the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl every year. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a chance. Everybody I mean, picks the red, a team to win the Super Bowl the every No, you no. Know, you, you, and, you and James Butler do that. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got a, a Super Bowl pick. That just so happens they're you know Cowboys are always in contention year after year. That's not true. But the uh, the Rams were a team you picked to get to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, no one picked the the Bengals. You picked them before the season, and then the Cowboys got your hopes up a lot, and you started you know some palaver in regards to that. But here the Rams are. Um, you know I, I I my sister lived in L.A. for a really really long time. She just moved last year. I mean, you've been to L.A., Norm. It's not the, – the, the Lakers fans are absolutely fanatical, and they're, they're, <laughs> they're having a rough go of it right now, which makes me laugh. Yes, they're, they they're, they're, they're a bit <laughs> delusional. But, like, the fandom's there. Um, there are, there are big-time Dodger fans in L.A., and that's a fact. Like, I mean, yes. I've, I've been to Dodger games. I, I know Dodger fans. You know, with the Rams, there might be some, like, I'm sure that there is a small group of fans that are really, really passionate about the team, but they're, it's a small group, and they're in L.A. where there's like 100 other things. I don't know if there are any Chargers fans, to be honest. You know, the, the L.A. Kings, the hockey team, they have, they have some passionate fans, but, fans. It's sort of a, yeah. but it's it's not like the Dodgers or Lakers, though. It's kind of like a smaller group that's passionate, but because they're in L.A. and it's a small number, it doesn't, like, drive the city. Now, you know when you're in a place and you're like, okay, this is, uh, you know, shoot. This is, <laughs> this is a, uh, um, 
this is a saint's town or this is this is a whatever pick, pick a city right pick any city you can go to you can go to, Let's uh, go to Philly. You go to Philly, right? I mean, they've got they got a number of, of teams, right? Which one are they are they most passionate about? But like, you go to L.A. and there's no question, the like, okay, it's it, this is Lakers, you know, Dodgers, and everything else is like blah, like nothing. But so, I can't I can't say this though, Scott. If they were to win the Super Bowl, I think that would start the changing. Well, I think I think it's just the fact that they were there a long time ago. Maybe it helps a little. I just think it's it's a it's like a it takes time. Like everywhere in LA this week, every kid is wearing Ram stuff to school because the city's like telling them, like, wear your jersey, wear this, wear that, get up. So I do think right, like right. kids that are growing up there maybe are into it, and maybe many years from now that hits. I don't know, because LA's always evolving. But like in terms of like a team hosting a Super Bowl in their own venue, I can't think of one only the only other thing that would be like less of a big deal than the Rams hosting would be if the Chargers were hosting. You know, like, what what team, if they got to host the Super Bowl in their own city, would it matter the least in terms of, like, crowd and sort no, of atmosphere you know in the say? city buzzing? I would say Chargers, and then I'd put the Rams second on the list. And I'll put Detroit third. Because watching that game on Thanksgiving, and they had Detroit's own Big Sean performing, and nobody cared. It's, I, I just feel like yeah, Detroit would be but, one of those cities where the team could be, if the Super Bowl was in Detroit with the Detroit Lions, I still feel like some people wouldn't show up. I, yeah, I don't, I won't agree with you there. I think, I think with the Detroit, it's just because of just years and years of being terrible. If that team got good and like went to a Super Bowl, oh my God, I think, I think they would go insane. But let's be real. I mean, they hosted one Super Bowl because they built an indoor state. They're never the Super Bowl's never going back to Detroit again. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> no, never going to yeah, happen no, anyway. No. Right, what was that? That was uh, Steelers. Was it Steelers Seahawks? I think it was Super Bowl Forty. Man, I mean that was uh, and they they had some like way back in the day in the in the Silver Dome. But I, I don't I don't see how Detroit would ever. Maybe a many many yeah. many 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 years from now. When they build another new stadium, they'll let them host. But uh, so they've they've hosted two Super Bowls apparently. Super Bowl Forty. The other one they hosted was the 49ers against the Bengals. The first time the two teams played. So I'm sure uh, long, long time Bengals fans are. Yeah, it's a much longer trip, but I'm sure they're glad to be in LA and not Detroit. Oh no, by far, especially in this type of weather, LA is just amazing right now, you know. And then. The one thing I do like about L.A. hosting a Super Bowl is the stardom. Like, I'm, you know, watching all the different football players more so than last year going to Tampa Bay. It's just like everybody's in L.A. It's like literally everybody is in L.A. I'm on my way to L.A. right now. Really? So you're not you're not bringing me I, I, you're not bringing me <laughs> breakfast this morning. I need to just get over that. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Scott Prather. Norman Locke is on the road. We will talk more about Super Bowl 56, among other things. Um, the Pelicans made a trade. I think a, a good one. You know, I've I've been on uh, Spaces a little bit on Twitter. I've uh -oh. I'll, I'll, I'll say this about about Pel's fans, especially those you know around South Louisiana. You've been in them Pel spaces. They, You've been in them Pelican spaces. I know Listen, man. Them host up there. They are. There. Uh, they are. I under it like I, I kind of got over the whole all the national media how they cover the Pelicans is pretty terrible. 
Like that's that's just it's been the case for a while. Other than Zach Lowe, there aren't too many national guys that truly follow the league like super close. You know, it's just it's typical, just kind of regurgitated lazy takes. Which I always say, listen, you know, these talking heads they go twenty four seven. Like they're not. I don't even blame. Like they they don't spend any time. They don't have enough time to watch everything, so they don't really. They don't have time to do research on everything. It just gets annoying that it's the same thing all the time with the Pelicans. And then they make the trade for for McCollum, and a bunch of people are, like, bashing it as a bad trade. And I'm like, wait, really? Like, how and why? And then you start reading, and then you see nonsense about, all oh, the Pels medical staff. If you would just take, like, 30 seconds on Google, you would know that they revamped the whole thing <laughs> and that it's actually been one of the best staffs the last few years. And you can't blame them on Zion. That's his injuries have happened whenever he hasn't been with the team. Um, but it's like things like that, right? They, or, or, or I think the dumbest. Then take, they don't. Go ahead. Then, then they don't. They don't throw in the the caveat that you know Zion has played more games than Joel Embiid in his first three seasons. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, or the Kings haven't been to the playoffs in 15 years or something like that. It's just, but it, we're, but we have to send the team to the Seattle. Well, it, it's also <laughs> that's also the other one. Like you've seen that from a national standpoint. That's also it's like if you did a little research on ownership, you would know that the team's not moving as long as Gail Benson is the owner. Like they're not. It's never. I remember, you know, Lakin Fora, who doesn't cover the NBA, had probably the dumbest tweet I ever saw a couple years ago. It was that. Um, she was going to sell the Pelicans to pay the taxes on the Saints when Tom Benson died, which there was no tax that had to be paid, by the way. Um, and it was just like but a billionaire. It, but, it was, but still, like that stuff floated out there, you know, blue check mark, and all these people said the most ridiculous stuff. And it was like, I don't know, man. I started thinking about it when I heard people just complain, and they were all mad about Stephen A. Smith, who I, I don't, I don't care about. Like he could say whatever he way. I'm disgusted. C.J. McCollum got traded to New Orleans. Like they were like, it just seems like yeah, there's like this, like, there's what? like this vile toward the Pelicans for some reason. And I was like thinking but you about want it, him like, to go to the Knicks. What's the what's the dumbest <laughs> national take ever about the Pelicans that you've ever heard? The dumbest take ever. I mean, probably the the franchise needs to be moved or taken or stripped from New Orleans and sent somewhere else. And I, like I said, I went look and I'm like, there have been other franchises like the the Kings who haven't did nothing in 15 years. It's in Sacramento. At least you could say we have drafted Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, Zion, three big time tickets. Okay, let's get the last 15 years. We've had a big time superstar in New Orleans. Who have the Kings had since 2005? Tyreek Evans? Well, what's, 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 Josh Smith? What's interesting, too, about that, and I like the Kings in Sacramento for the record, so I'm not going to be a hypocrite and, like, you know, say they should move. No one, no one needs to move, right? Like, no one needs to move. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm, not, yeah I'm not saying like, they need it, to move. When, I'm when, just saying if you're going to throw a, a franchise out there. There was a moment um, nine years ago, it was about, yeah, about nine years ago, where all signs look like, this the Kings were moving like it was they were moving out of Sacramento and they were moving to Seattle this was this was in April of 2013 that like the board the NBA Board of Governors relocation committee the, they voted unanimously seven to nothing against ro- relocating the Kings to Seattle the official vote went to the NBA owners like days later but there was a stretch of time where it was like the Kings are either moving to Seattle or they're moving to Anaheim, and it's happening. Like, it's happening. It's going to happen. Um, 
and and suddenly the NBA stepped in and all the owners were like, no, you can't do it. There was my point is this: people, it wasn't that long ago, but a lot of folks forget there was this giant groundswell of support for the Kings and the city of Sacramento. Like, you cannot move them. You cannot move them north to Seattle. You cannot move them south to Anaheim. They mean too much to the league. They belong in this city. And I'll be honest, I was rooting for them to stay. I was like, this this is messed up. You know, you see their fans. They had this game that they lost in overtime to the Lakers, and it was like everyone thought it was going to be the last game ever at their arena. Bear in mind, this is a franchise that had also already moved multiple times in its franchise history. We're talking Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, all these places. It had been in Sacramento for a little while, and I was just like, what? what, what?" So this groundswell of support years ago, when they almost moved to Anaheim or possibly Seattle, and then owners were like, no, it's too important to the league. You never heard any of that for for New Orleans. You've never heard any of it, and it's like, why why are you picking on one and not another that nearly almost moved, but owner stepped in and said it can't happen? It's just this lazy, regurgitated thing all the time. Lacking Forrest tweets the all time worst as far as the taxes go, but it, it, you know people say what's the big deal <laughs> when you have that national narrative out there that's false. You know, a lot of people just believe it and then they move on. They're like, oh, it's pointless. It's worthless. Who cares? It's like, I'm not telling you that the Pelicans have been this stable, great franchise in New Orleans because they haven't. They haven't had a ton of success when they've been there. But at least do your research, do a little homework. I'm not telling you you have to watch every single game. But you know what? You can Google a few things and learn one or two things in a matter of like five minutes. But when you just go and scream something nationally, yeah. It puts it puts a, a narrative out there that really the franchise is norm. They haven't been able to get that stink off of them yet because it still floats around out there, even though it's not true. No, nah, and that, and that's what is, is it. I'll say it takes somebody to really tell one of the talking heads and educate them. And like you say, when you spoke about Stephen A, it's like okay, Stephen A, you mad about C.J. McCullen going to the Pelicans, but you wanted him to go to the Knicks. The Knicks haven't been good. I mean, Knicks was look good last year, and now they're a dumpster fire. And now you're trying to trade. They want to trade Randall. You don't know what you want to do. You keep trying to get a superstar. You can't get a superstar, but you want C.J. McKellen. Like, so, like you said, the talking heads, the mass media, that's why anytime I see any blue check say anything blasphemous about the Pelicans, I correct them, and I offer them to have a discussion just to pick their mind and see, you know, how dumb they really are because it's just be funny to me the trade packages and scenarios and all kind of stuff like guys like oh yeah uh trade zion for randall i'm like why he's like oh because he's gonna leave anyway i'm like well why are we trading for randall then like what like what are we talking what are we talking about uh, leave and i mean he's, he's he'll probably sign an extension this summer because with his body and the way it's going why wouldn't he? If he doesn't, then he'll, you know, he'll have a few years left on his rookie deal, but he'll have kind of made made it known, you know, what he wants in his future, and then you go from there. But it, it's it's sort of the 24-7 cycle of, look, this is what's going to get ratings. Talk about these franchises. It's more of a talking heads than a reporting thing. You know, I, I, I don't even... I don't even care about like sort of the Stephen A screaming one thing or another. It's kind of like maybe it's the Windhorst or people that write for the league and cover the league on a quote reporting basis. That's more damaging than maybe it's not more damaging, but that's more annoying. Like you're you're not a talking head that's supposed to have some hot take and, and draw attention and so you're supposed to just objectively report stuff. 
those are the ones that, you know, and I'm, I'm not even trying to just make it about the Pelicans because, listen, there were years and years where a lot of the NBA beat reporters and guys, they did the same thing about the Milwaukee Bucks for years. They did the and same you, thing about the Nets before KD went there. For, for years. And, and the Nets had a little, you know, they were, they were at least in a bigger market. They had, a, you know, I mean, certainly back when they were in Jersey, but they were actually good in Jersey for a little stretch there. But they did it for the Bucks for a long time, and then they drafted Giannis. And it was like, hey, he might be, you know, pretty good in the future. I think you got to keep an eye on him. And eventually, they won it all, and all that kind of stopped. So, you know, if you want to get around it, you just have to win. And right now, you know, the Pelicans uh, started three and sixteen, but now it looks like they're going to be in the playing game at least. They make a trade for McCollum, so uh, a good trade, I think. They didn't, they didn't, you know, mortgage the future or anything, and he's under contract nope. beyond this season. Yep. It made sense. Um, I don't know, man. Willie Green's That's got it. something cooking over there. You, you see the guys show up, sit courtside the day they're traded, support their brothers. That you shows hear Brandon the love. Ingram, yeah, man. Ingram is really, you know, David Griffin. You know, he's a bit of a, a of a salesman in a big way, and his hiring of Van Gundy was absolutely atrocious, and it set the franchise back. But when he first took over, he said, look, our culture here is going to be with Zion and Brandon Ingram make it. Well, Zion's not well. Zion actually did return to New Orleans recently, but he hadn't been with the team for the most part this year. Ingram has sort of taken that role, and I think Willie Green's unlocked it in him. He's always been a good player statistically, Norm, but now you're seeing a leadership in Ingram that some people didn't know if it was in him. Correct. And he has shown this year, like, he he's... He's, he's the face. I mean, well, I don't know that he's, quote, the marketing face of the franchise or the national, but anyone he's that covers heart. this team knows he's that he heart. is. He's the guy in the locker room that, that, you know, I mean, after he had a game winner earlier this year, he yelled, this is my bleeping city, right? He's the guy that's taken that responsibility of, okay, I'm on a max contract. I'm the best player on this team, and I'm going to be responsible, and I'm going to help lead this team, and I'm going to be there for all my guys. And it's... It's it, it happened organically, but it's real and it's making a big difference right now. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I told you, Scott, you didn't believe me, but I told you when a player embraces the city and the city embraces you, only good things can happen. Only good things. I mean, look at look at Hart. Wow. Hart wasn't the best player ever, but guess what? He embraced and New Orleans. And then he got traded. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's only good things that happen, not for him. Look, I, I'm all he for got paid. Was, he got paid. He got paid. He got, paid. He got all, traded, but he got paid. Yeah, but he, he was. Got paid uh, go, go and listen to how frustrated he was by free agency last offseason. He was not happy with how it all went down. I'm, I'm with you that I love when players do it. I don't know that it means only good things will happen. Um, hey, hey, but it's, but it's you, more you need likely to, that you certainly happen. need to do it when you're one of the best players on the Saints or Pelicans. You know what I mean? Brandon Ingram turned the corner. See, do you know what a dicky fit is, Scott? Yes. Okay. Brandon Ingram turned the corner when he started rocking Dickie Fitz on the regular. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's a downtown New Orleans m- mantra. Started downtown, kind of matriculated uptown. You know, most of the high schools in New Orleans wear Dickie Fitz. But once he started wearing the Dickie Fitz and the do-rags, oh, man, I, I, I was ready to put him in a cash money video. Listen, he's been, Norm wants to head on Amazon right now and get that Dickie's Men's Flex Work Paint Slim. There it is. Fitz. There it is. Scott, there the, the button up with uh, there is this there is this guy in my life. His name with is the Roland. Thermal he's, under it. With the thermal under it. Roland is no longer alive, but he, he's one of my personal heroes in life. He was a very close family friend, and man, Roland was from Opelousas, and Roland 
I mean, when he wasn't working, that's all he rocked was like Dickie fits. He would wear, Roland, Roland's considerably older than me. Roland would wear like a Dickie fit. You would appreciate this. This was like, this was like, this was like early 2000s, maybe early 2000s. He had like a Dragon Ball Z Dickie fit. And he was like, it is. Oh, no, I need it. I need it. And I was like, I was like, Roland, you don't even like know it. You don't even watch that. And he's like. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, he's like, it doesn't matter, Scott. Like, this is, this is not. It doesn't matter what. I didn't matter if I watched it. This is about style, you know. And I was like, all right, I'll, I tip, I tip my cap. I mean, I, obviously, I didn't wear that stuff, but that's where I learned about Dickie's fits years ago. He, he explained it to me what they were. No, I'm joked that we told that I got Scott Prather talking about Dickie fits. It's not, it's not a joke. It's legit. I didn't think we were gonna go here. Bottom of the hour, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Um, we're going to take a quick time out. We'll come back, get in on some college shoops. Super Bowl 56, some prop bets. You can't take them all, but I'll give you, you know, we're going to go through maybe like eight and you can only take two of them. We're going to talk about, you know, I, I think maybe one of the Cooper Cup props is good, but of course, Norm was just slandering them all last week. And I'll say this. I talked to two former NFL players and uh, one of them, was siding with Norm about an argument we had last week. And one of them was kind of giving me some, he's like, I, I think you're kind of, I think you're on, I think you're on base here, Scott. I think you're in the right here. So we're about to, basically you're about to find out which of those players Norm now likes and which of the ones he doesn't agree with, because of course he's going to side with the one that sided with him. I'll tell you who that was when we come back right after this. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather. It's the great Scott show. Don't go anywhere. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is officially live in Louisiana with mobile sports betting just in time for the big game. Right now, you can place a bet in Louisiana with DraftKings Sportsbook without leaving the comfort of your couch. To add to the excitement, DraftKings is giving new customers a special offer. You don't want to miss it. Bet just $5 or more on any playoff game and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. The wait is finally over. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Check out all the great DraftKings stuff. Great promotions, features like the same game parlays, where you combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. DraftKings is safe. It's secure. It's reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1420 and get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 or more and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code 1420 this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call one 877 Into the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Scott Prather, Norman Locke. All right, Norm. I I learned this week who Mickey Guyton was. I did not know that she was a country singer. A uh, little younger than me, but not by much. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about her. Do you know? Did you know about Mickey Guyton? 
Do you even know who Mickey Guyton is? No, I'm sorry. I, I haven't crossed my timeline yet. All right, well, she will be singing the national anthem. Okay. 95 seconds, over, under. Mm, I've been seeing a lot of prop bets. I've been seeing it on the national anthems. Ah. Hmm. What what genre of music does she sing? She is, is she a, a gospel. She is she's a, a, it's it's she's a country singer. It's country. Uh-huh. I'm going. I'm going under. I'm going under. It's funny. I I I I look at it as like if you're gonna if you're gonna prop bet a national anthem, do one of these silly prop. You gotta bets. get the. I would. I go. I go over. I look at it like you t- when you no. bet on like an over underscore for a game. Most people take no, the over see, just because it's more fun. No, no. See, Scott, it's a science. Okay, now if we was dealing with a gospel singer, you gotta take the over because yeah, the but it land would probably of be the higher free. than ninety-five seconds, right? Yeah. I mean, but it, it, like, the, it the would over. be set you higher. Still if, take it was, the over. if it was a gospel singer, they'd have it at like hundred and twenty seconds. I'm just saying, you still take the, but uh, I would take the Mitch, over for the gospel. If Coach Mitch was like uh, singing the national anthem, I mean, you would take the over because he'd be going long. He'd be, he'd be, he'd be, it'd be awesome. But, but you're but taking the over. But, but he's a coach. Yeah, but, See, if he wasn't a coach, I'd take the under. It's just like I'm taking a, a gospel or a soul singer for the over over a country singer. I just can't see her rocking the E for too long. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm condensing her down on them E's. All right, here we go. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. So I talked to uh, Brandon Stoke. I've talked to a number of former players this week. It's been great. And Roman Harper Let's will see. be on the show tomorrow. I, I talked to Brandon Stokely this week, two-time Super Sam Bowl champ, here. former NFL wide receiver, and oh, Roman Harper will never die his hair. Um, <laughs> some suggest he's been dying in gray for many years. He's like, <laughs> why would I do that? It started graying when I was in my mid twenties. Um, Stokely agreed with your side of things that we debated with last week. Okay. What would you tell him? Well, I I said, listen, I I think Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase are both awesome. I think they're both two of the best receivers in football. I think the chemistry they have with their own quarterbacks make them even better where they are. And he's like, yeah, he didn't necessarily disagree with me in terms of the the, the chemistry making a difference because he talked about, you know, it means everything. I mean, he, you know, when he played with Peyton Manning, it was different than some of the quarterbacks he played with based on chemistry and stuff like that. But he's like, it also just has to do with how good the quarterback is. He thinks they both would have been incredible if you flip-flopped the teams that they were on um, and and doesn't think the numbers would be that different. Uh, Jake DeLome thinks they would both be great, but, you know, the chemistry probably helped a lot in terms of just how good their numbers were with each. So they kind of took different sides of it, but I was like, Norm's going to, he's going to love the fact that Brandon Stokely, a former receiver, was with him on this argument. Well, I, I appreciate Brandon Stokely, but, you know, after the argument, I did think about something else, too. Um, what would you think that Jamar Chase would be able to do with if Joe Burrow had a better offensive line in, the, in your terms of chemistry? Because if you flip-flop him, I, I don't, Cooper Cup can't, you know what I'm saying? If, if you flip-flop offensive lines, does yeah, Cooper Cup get 9,000 yards? Probably being in the slot. Yeah, I mean, let, let's not act like the Rams' O-line I mean, is, is... yards? Let's not act like the Rams' O-line is elite either. You know it's not. I mean? they, they didn't give up 50-plus sacks <laughs> no, no, no. in the they're, season. They're better, they're better than the Bengals, but I wouldn't, I, wouldn't look, I wouldn't look at either of the... In terms of, like, O-line matchups in a Super Bowl, and you look at both teams, this is probably the weakest we've seen. 
Honestly. Oh, yeah, by far. Most I mean, of the you time got a 40-year-old you... starting left tackle? With That's respect. not good. I mean, look. With, <laughs> with respect. respect. With respect. Respectfully. With my man Whitworth. Respectfully. With my respectfully. Respect I'm rocking with Whitworth. How, if they lose them, they're, they're not as good. Um, but, yeah, but he's I think, 40. I think I could get around him, too. You know he, uh, that's a big man right there. Yeah, they're they're just, they're just <laughs> kind of, like, on the inside. They're not necessarily big. Like, I look at, like, past Super Bowl matchups, and one thing most of them all have in common is both teams have strong O-lines. This is by far, in recent memory, the weakest battle of O-lines in a Super Bowl that I can remember. And I, like I was saying on Lynn's show, I think it's going to come down to – who could run the football? Like you said, because if either team gets in trouble, we know we know what Trey Hendrickson's doing. We know what Aaron Donald can do. So, okay, that's a wash. Let's say it's a wash. Not really a wash, but let's say it's a wash. Well, let's look at the running backs. And, you know, bad offensive line, bad offensive line. But you see that guy, Joe Mixon? He could run that rock. Regardless of who's in front of him, Joe Mixon can run that rock. And I think he's going to be the key to the Bengals winning their Super Bowl. What's interesting, you talk about running the ball. The the Chiefs, for some reason, just didn't really do it much in the second half. The Bengals are giving up 5.3 yards a carry in the postseason. Not a surprise, guys, that it is by far the most of any team that made the Super Bowl. And the Chiefs just decided they were going to keep slinging it around, let, you know, Mahomes try to be Mahomes, do his thing. I mean, I, I don't you know. why, I, Scott? I, I, I'll be the bad guy, Scott. I'll be the bad guy. Clyde Edwards-Alaire isn't that good. Or He's not an every-down back. Or, or yeah, maybe I, they should have just run the ball more. I mean, it doesn't have to all be to Alaire. They, they have multiple running backs they could have handed it to. They just didn't want to run true. the ball. They just didn't. But when you have a first-round draft pick, he's supposed to be that, that guy. We thought coming out of LSU the season that he had, you know, him going to the Chiefs. Oh, man, they, Clyde Edwards-Alaire with the Chiefs. How do we let this happen? The NFL is in such trouble. What? What, what has he done? Oh, he, he's, I think, he catches the ball a lot. I mean, he seems hey, he feels very oh, much like an Andy. He feels very much like an Andy Reid-esque running back in the offense that they want to run. Let's pull up his stats. Let's pull up his stats for the let's season. Pull up his stats. All right. Yeah, let's pull up his stats. Well, don't do it while you're driving, Normus. No, I said I want you to pull up the stats. All right. Let's see. Yeah, let's see how many catches he had this season. Um, twenty twenty-one regular season receiving. What is going on here? It's showing me some. Showing you some weird numbers, huh? No, it's showing me. I don't know what happened here. It's showing me numbers <laughs> from like Matt Castle and like Tony. This is weird. ESPN has some weird glitch. Let me go to a different website. I'm not even okay. kidding. It Wikipedia. pulled up. It pulled up like okay. his only catches from from non Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> now, I'm going to a different website. ESPN.com is glitching right now. It started showing me like numbers from Matt Castle and Darren McFadden. I'm like, what is happening? Oh no, yeah, yeah, no, that, not those guys. I rock with Bad Fadden, but no, not those guys. Let's see. Hope he's doing well. <laughs> um, Mc Elair, Pro Football Reference. Let's see. Regular season, he rushed for. 500-something yards here. Oh, oh, okay. That's 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 good if he got 500 receiving yards. No, no, no. I, I think that's rushing. I'm sorry. Yeah, this, this, I'm this, saying this. paired. Paired with right. if he had 500 receiving yards, 500 rushing yards. 2021. He all right. So he missed he missed the stretch there. Uh, mm, dang. Two seasons of missing stretches. 
thing. Mm, unfortunate. This is really frustrating. I can't get. I, <laughs> can't just, pull up I'm serious. It's, uh, this like never happens. Uh, let's try Wikipedia. N- let's try NFL.com. See, when, when I'm telling you Wikipedia. That's what I'm doing. I'll do it. That's where I'm going. Career stats, 2021. He played 10 games this year. He averaged 4.3 yards a, a carry. Um, he rushed 119 times for 517 yards. So it's, it sounds like, I mean, he played 10 pitches. games. Last year he ru- last year it was 4.4 yards a carry in 13 games. So in terms of like running receptions this year, 19. That's it. Now, I told you, that, Scott, throw it out the window. Throw it out the window. Throw it out the All window. All right, but let's get back to the original point. I mean, you said that he's a, a pass catching Andy Reid type of back. He is. He caught twenty passes. He is. And that ain't games. nothing. Well, they got to throw it. it to that's him. horrible. They got to throw it to him. Let's get back to your point, though. Okay. That they, I mean, or or he's the original convert. They needed to run the ball more against yeah, Cincinnati he, in the second not, half. And the problem is, he's not good enough. Once I saw, uh, I think they have like a number one uh, who plays running back for them, or like a number. He yeah, has a single yeah, yeah. Jersey. You're talking about um, uh, Jarrett McKinnon. When you're averaging four point four a carry, and you're going against the team that gives up five point three a carry, run the ball in the second half. Do it. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. Hey man, I don't know. But Cincinnati's Cincinnati. My point. But so where I'm getting at is is this. Okay. Does Cam Akers is he kind of like a sneaky, totally overlooked player in this game? Because is McVay going to do what Andy Reid did, and is he going to actually run the ball against the Bengals, where their defense is vulnerable? I'm going to say yes because I'm scared of Matthew Stafford. And I think Sean McVay, if he's smart, he's going to make life easier for Matthew Stafford and cut down the chances of turnovers. Because people can say what they want about the Bengals. The Bengals secondary is good. They can say what they want. They got sticky fingers in that secondary. So the more opportunities, the more passes Matthew Stafford throws, like you said, with the offensive line, that's not great. Uh, he's liable to. He led the league in interceptions. He's liable to throw a pick six. He, I want to say, he got four on the season. So he's liable to throw a pick six. So I think Sean McVay, if he wants to win a Super Bowl, he needs to put the ball in his running back's hands. I just, I, I think, I think the the running aspect of the Rams' offense is the least talked about betting part of this game right now. And there might be – now we're talking about McVay. Like, just simple, will the Rams, you know, uh, rush for a touchdown? Now, it's minus 180, but I, I feel like that's easy. I mean, I, I Cam Akers, you know, whatever his total is, it can't be that high. Um, I would I would, I would, would definitely total, – total rushing yards for the Rams. They are over 108.5 is minus 102. I mean, under is minus 120. It. I mean, it, it feels I'm like – because, I mean, even the Chiefs as a team. Oh, no, it's Cam Akers is 108 or is the no, team. No, 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 just the entire team. Oh, yeah, I'm taking, I'm going to place that bet today. Because, I mean, the Bing, uh, the Chiefs had like 150 yards total rushing uh, for the team in the AFC Championship game. So, yeah, I'm taking that bet. I'm taking Thank you, Scott. Thank you. I, I, I look at the Rams and I look at what the Chiefs didn't do and how they got into trouble. I think running the football would be prudent, but... You know, I'll I'll say what I said to Brandon Stokely and Jake DeLome and Lance Moore, and I'll say it to you. If this game isn't close, and I hope it is, if it's, say, a double-digit type win, 10 or more, the Rams are winning. 
right? If it's more than right. one possession, Correct. like let's say it's more than one possession, right? Nine and one. If this is a close game late, I'm not trusting McVay late in the game. I'm, I would I'm not trust the Matthew Stafford. Yeah, late in the game. I would trust the 25 year old and Joe Burrow more late in crunch time in a game of this magnitude than I would the Rams. So I'm hoping it's close, and if it is, I think the Bengals win. But if it's not close, it means the Rams are running away with it. And who really wants to see that on Sunday? Yeah, and I, I'm a, a thousand percent with you. Like if if Aaron Donald comes out and gets you know two sacks on the first drive, and then he he's up to five sacks by halftime, you know, yeah, okay, Rams win. But hey, if they find a way to keep him quiet, ah, I'm just saying, Scott, the legend of Joe Burrow, I. I I hate to say it, but he's the closest to Brady. If he wins this ring, like this man closest is closest to Brady. Is, Are you insane? In the terms of about? in the terms of stardom, in the terms of stardom, in the start of his career to win a Super Bowl in two years, and to to come off a national championship, get drafted number one overall, go to a team that that you know hasn't been in the Super Bowl since what you said the '80s. Yeah, no, they had been in the Super Bowl. Well, no, it was, it was, uh, yeah, no, since the 19, 1980s, yeah. Since the 80s, to bring them to their first Super Bowl since the 80s and to win in his second season after drafting his teammate, which people came out and said was a bad idea, mm-hmm. which people came back out and said he couldn't catch after preseason. I- I'm just saying, Scott, like, I, the, it was super wild. You know, I'm just saying the, 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 the stardom of Joe Burrow it's going to explode. Like it's already high. It's going to explode. You only know, at I, twenty. Only at twenty-five. Then it's like, how do you? Only at twenty-five. How do you surpass it or, or sustain it? I don't know. That's you just got to keep winning. That's the only thing, thing that do. Tom did. Tom kept winning. I mean, the Bengals were ten and seven this year too. So it's not. Uh, it's not like they're built. I don't know, man. If he if he wins it, can he sustain it? That's the question. But I. I don't know, they man. They have like fifty million dollars in cap room this offseason. Yeah, Scott. but we're talking about the Bengals. They don't like to spend money. No, they don't. They don't. But I think if they win a Super Bowl, I think that would entice them to go all in. While Joe Burrow is on a rookie contract, you got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, two of the best, two of of the best offensive players it's, in the league, it's, all it's, on a rookie contract. It's you know, yeah, but it, we're talking. It's no, this is Mike Brown. We're talking about. I mean, he's, I, I disagree. He's I disagree. 86. I'm watching. I'm watching the league right now uh, from different multiple teams take their young quarterback, pair them them with a stud wide receiver, young quarterback, stud wide receiver, uh, rookie contracts, and go all in. The the Bengals, the Bills did it. If it's, the Bills, did, who's the, the owner for the Bills? They, the it's a, the it's Bills? the married couple. They they're they're billionaire. Oil they've never moguls. been known, but they've never been known to spend money. Scott, yes, they, time oh my God, money? dude! This we're not talking about old. Terry Pagula will spend a lot of money. He's got a who's net the worth big, of five point seven billion. What was where, where did they spend all the money pre Josh Allen? I just like to know. I, I can't reel off every free agent the Bills have signed you got, over you got, the last seven you got, years. But you can't just throw that statement out there and then don't tell me who's the big market guy because they ain't spend no money to bring no big market quarterback over there. They, uh, uh, who's the wide receiver? Kelvin Benjamin is that the big guy that they spent all the oh, money no, they, on? No, they trade. No, they they traded for Benjamin. They traded for Stevon Diggs, who made a lot of money. They paid. So, they paid. They paid like Jerry paid Josh Allen over ten million dollars a year as a DN. A couple of DNs. They spent over ten million a year contracts on. You, but your name just is. This, I'm your talking name about is, just. I'm talking about just this year. I'm just talking about just uh, this year. 
because they're going all in for their quarterback, Scott. I mean, you said they don't I'm, spend I want money. You, they don't spend I asked money. you to they show just... me. No, I asked you when pre-Josh Allen have they spent money on a big free agent. I'm still waiting for that answer. Oh, I mean, pre-Josh Mar- Mar- Allen. Mario Williams, they spent a ton of money on. Well, they, draft, they drafted him. No, they so, didn't. Okay. Mario Williams was they, drafted by the Texans. Oh, by the Texans. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, Mario Williams, that's one. You're, you're, who else? Off the top of my head, I don't know, Norm. You got Google. You I'm, got, telling you got Google. You, I'm telling you that Bill's ownership spends a lot of money and that the Bengals' ownership is notoriously cheap. And it's tr- and Bengals' ownership is cheap, and that's I under- true. I understand why they've been cheap. They haven't been winning. But if they win a Super Bowl, Scott, I really am sure, no. No. more than sure, they win a Super Bowl, they're going to go all in and try to get Mike back Brown next year. If you think Mike Brown is going to go and suddenly spend a lot of money, you just haven't been paying attention at all. Okay, well, we'll see. I, I, I'm all. sorry. I haven't been paying attention because the Bengals haven't been in the, the Super way, Bowl. And by the way, Pagula didn't buy the Bills until, like, 2014. So it's not like you've got this long history of – he spent money since he got to Buffalo. Mike Brown has uh, has only well, he inherited he, the Bengals from his father and his run it like a mom and pop shop and his not they don't even have an indoor facility. They I don't, cross I the don't, street. If to you go can't practice. tell me if you can't tell me or use Google to find me the big free agent signings other than Mario Williams or from whatever tender year you want to say, pre Josh Allen, I just can't agree with you, Scott. I'm sorry, it's okay. But I can agree and say I haven't seen the Bengals in the Super Bowl since the 80s. So I'm okay. I understand. I mean, look look, look at the the, uh, uh, the head coach that was with the Bengals. I mean, he kept, he just kept, they just kept him for over too long. Like you said, running a mom and pop shop, not spending that much money, you know, win eight games, win, win nine games, and that was okay for them. But they haven't been in the Super Bowl since the 80s. So my president, my president, uh, president, whatever, on... Them spending money is them winning the Super Bowl. If they don't win in the Super Bowl, Scott, yeah, you're not gonna spend any money. But they win, they're gonna go all in. That's 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 this is this is a really awful take by you. But okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm still waiting on you to tell me the bear plan. An owner who has been criticized his whole life for not spending much and being told you'll never you'll never get to the Super Bowl like this, just got to the Super Bowl. You think an old eighty six year old owner is suddenly gonna change his mind whenever they just did what everyone said they could? Come on. Yeah, because they got four offensive linemen that are of a six-round or undrafted, no, so they got to at least buy one. Their owner reason. is Mike Brown. Okay. The Bills have we'll an see. owner that we'll spends see, money. The you know, you know, I'm going to write this will, take down. I got to put it on my list. It's I got to put we'll it on my list. See. It's about a, it, no, years we'll see. of we'll see. No, okay, okay, but we'll see this offseason. I mean, literally, the debate right now is I'll say that they're going to spend it this offseason if they win the Super Bowl. How much are they going to spend? If they win the Super Bowl. How much are they going to spend? How much are they going to spend? I'll say, I'll say, if they got fifty million dollars in cap room, I'll say they spend thirty million dollars easily. They gotta fix the whole line. Thirty they million. Have to. That's it. Thirty million. That's it. That's that's fifty percent of it. No, in terms, of, I'm not talking about in terms of against the cap. I'm talking about actual money they'll spend. Thirty million is nothing. Oh, oh, well, you talk. Well, then you asked me a different thing. I said they had fifty million dollars of cap room. And I say that they yeah, but that's not how teams million. operate, Norm. Teams don't say we're only going to give guaranteed monies on one-year deals to count against this year's cap. Come on. You know that. Let's take a phone call real quick before we wrap up the hour. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Oh. Hey, Scott. Hey, what's up? Hello. Hey, I got you. Going. What's going on, man? Go ahead. Hey. Uh, yeah, I heard y'all talking about uh, y'all racing off the um, place y'all's bed. 
on Cam Akers in the running game. I just want to remind you, uh, you know how, how many fumbles Elijah Mitchell had this year? I don't know. Zero. I know Akers had those two fumbles, but yeah. Yeah, I, he had those two, and, and that's my only point is uh, I agree with Norm. I don't trust, or I, rather I do trust Stafford to throw some interceptions. But if he's going to give it to Akers uh, for ball protection, then I, don't, I think that's a lateral move because Akers coughs it up all the time. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know if I – I think they're all going to make mistakes. I think Cincinnati's going to take it. But right. uh, I wouldn't put much faith in uh, Cam Akers as far as ball protection. Yeah, I, I, I don't I, – I mean, if there's – whatever the prop bet is, if he fumbles a lot, yeah, he's going to be pulled from the game. There's no question. Um, I don't know, man. Is he going to be extra careful now after all that happened? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, you think he would have been extra careful after the first fumble yeah. in the Green Bay? He, he was. He, he was the one in the closing minute. I just, I just, if it's not Acres, then if you're if you're weary of betting on Acres, then just bet in terms of Rams rushing as a team. That might be the way to go. Yeah, maybe so. Appreciate the call. Right, in terms of bets, that's good stuff. And we'll open up phone lines next hour three three seven two six nine ten seventy seven. There are more prop bets out there. We will get into it. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We're right back right after this. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is officially live in Louisiana with mobile sports betting just in time for the big game. Right now, you can place a bet in Louisiana with DraftKings Sportsbook without leaving the comfort of your couch. To add to the excitement, DraftKings is giving new customers a special offer. You don't want to miss it. Bet just $5 or more on any playoff game and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. The wait is finally over. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Check out all the great DraftKings stuff. Great promotions, features like the same game parlays where you combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. DraftKings is safe. It's secure. It's reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1420 and get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 or more and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code 1420 this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770. ESPN 1420. KPEL Lafayette. ESPN 1033, K277DQ, Lafayette, a Town Square media station. ESPN, ESPN, Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Everybody, welcome into the Great Scott Show, eight o'clock hour. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Louisiana Rage of Cajun Hoops men's team in action tonight at the Cajun Dome against Texas State. Cajuns coming off a split on the road against Little Rock and Arkansas State.
22nd meeting between the programs. It seems like a lot more. UL uh, leads the all-time series 15-6. to Jordan Brown was named to the Lou Henson Award midseason watch list. That award honors the country's top mid-major player. That was back in January, about a month ago. He's got good stats. As uh, as as Coach Marlin has said, he needs to improve on the defensive side of things. The team as a whole just needs to improve with consistency. But uh, they've got Texas State and then UT Arlington this week where the women are on the road. They're at Texas State. And then at UT Arlington tonight, 645 pregame for the women right here. And on the men's side of things, pregame at 630 over on Newstalk 96.5 KPEL. All those games powered by Learfield. Cajun softball season gets underway tomorrow right here on ESPN Lafayette. Pregame 245, two against UAB. Uh, had a great conversation yesterday, my one-on-one with Coach Jerry Glasgow. If you missed it, you can go listen to the entire thing over at ESPN Lafayette. But uh, the 36th annual Louisiana Classics tomorrow gets uh, underway over at Yvette Girard Field at Lamson Park. So two against UAB tomorrow for the Cajun softball team. Two games scheduled for Saturday against North Texas and then against Texas Southern and then Sunday noon against Tulsa. Looking forward to that. Oh, yeah, by the way, there's a Super Bowl on Sunday. We've been chatting about that quite a bit, and we have talked a little bit about the Pelicans. Haven't dug into the trade of, uh, of C.J. McCollum a ton. He'll make his debut tonight against the Heat at the Smoothie King Center. Uh, but we have talked about some of the Nationals' narratives surrounding this this team. And we talked a lot of prop bets. Norman Locke is on the road. He is on with me as he is each Thursday. Uh, if you, if you want to get in on the show, 337-269-1077. That's how to do it, 337-269-1077. Norm, Scott. we got an email here from Chris in terms of prop bets. Okay. He says... Um, he feels like this is a lock. Matt Stafford, two and a half total rushes. He says kneel downs count. You think that's a oh, lock? Oh, yeah, that's a lock. You think that's a lock? That's a lock. That's okay. a lock. That's a lock. I give, I give him one. Oh, I'll take his one. And like you said, it's two and a half. Yeah, that's a lock. Uh, I'm with him on that. I might, I might add that on my parlay. Oh, I thought you were against parlay bets. I thought you thought those were silly. Those are silly, but, but they're fun. I mean, but they're fun, you know, dude. I no, 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 no. When when it becomes a seven, eight to ten leg, you're not gambling anymore. You just you, you know you just throwing a chance out dude, there. Dude, I did a five but leg. You, I did a five leg parlay last week in the Pelicans Rockets game, and I came up one basket short of winning the whole thing. Now it was only five bucks. Right, it's not like I put a ton of money into it. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, but, nobody ever puts. But I mean, money. if Ingram had hit one more shot, one more shot. In that game, the five leg parlay would have hit. I would have turned five into like 150. So, I was I was like, I can't do this. This was dumb. What was I thinking? I, I should be excited. I mean, I will, the Pelicans uh, are playing well, but man, one more shot. This is this the the prop bet that I took uh, was, um, I mean, the parlay that I did uh, for the championship games was Jamar Chase to score, Tyreek Hill to score, Kittle to score, Kels to score. That's a lot. I. I hit on all of them. That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, that's I'm a, glad I hit on all of them. I know, I know you did, but I mean, you, just, but you know, all all of those are going to score. It's only like I, it, that's how I just, I just in my head, I'm like all of these, all of them going to score. So I feel like that was a, it wasn't a parlay in my head. It was a lock. It's lock. You know what I'm saying? 
Cooper no, Cup not. is averaging just short of eight and a half catches per game in the postseason. The over-under for him in this game is eight and a half. Taking the over or the under? Uh, I, I, I don't like the catches. I don't like catches. I don't like the catches. So you're, uh, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're yeah, taking, you take no, I wouldn't. You wouldn't bet on it, but I'll you take would take the yards. Yeah, I'll take the, uh, yeah, I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't right, bet right. on it. How many uh, receiving yards will you have over under 106 and a half? Now that I'll take the over on. Jamar Chase over under 82 and a half. Under. Okay. How many interceptions will be thrown? Total in the game, mm. over under one and a half. Oh, I'm taking the over. Okay, I'm taking the over. Okay. I don't know how you get a half, but <laughs> I mean, you know, Stafford only threw what one uh, against the Niners. Now he should have thrown two, and if the, if if Tart just catches that, what basically was a punt and intercepts it, it's probably yeah. the Niners in this game. Um, but last week he only threw one in uh, in you know Joe Burrow only only, only. threw one so it was <laughs> I get why they're setting it at one and a half but I'm I'm kind of with you man it definitely feels like an over type of deal doesn't it Yeah I mean I have to just you know Matthew Stafford is known and and he's led the league in interceptions Joe Burrow offensive line he's going to be on a run for his life I could see a mistake happening and that's two interceptions right there we mentioned rush rushes for Matt Stafford at two and a half. What about rushing yards? It is at five and a half. Ooh, I'm, that's two locks. I'm taking both. I'm putting up. Uh, the, hey, the parlay setting up, Scott. I'm seeing a seven leg parlay hitting this weekend. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing a uh, seven on. leg parlay hitting. I'm putting all this on the parlay. You take it playing. What if I'm he? What if he I got, I'm gonna laugh when he takes a knee on the last play of the Super Bowl, loses one yard, and you lose your whole parlay. I can just see it happening now. I can just see it happening now. Damn. That, that see, now, now I'm scaring you. Now I'm scaring you. I mean, no, you're, not, you're not scaring me away from it. You're not scaring me away from me because I, I, I still, still am confident that both of them are locks. It's just it's the idea that like like if it was college, obviously you stay away from it because a sack is negative rushing yards, right? It doesn't happen in Correct. the NFL, and we said it earlier. Neither of these O lines are good. Both no. teams have great pass rushers, so you know they're going to be scrambling some. I mean, Bur- Burrow Burrow is more likely just to just go, whereas Stafford's going to try to make something happen. And you know he's he's a bit older than Burrow, obviously, so. I don't know, man. I, I, the borough, I, Lino turned this on to, to onto this, but it seems like a lot of the rushing prop bets for Stafford, which are all understandably extremely low, they seem like good bets. I'm, you know, they but, seem like but good I'm bets. not a great better. I'm not a great better, so don't don't listen to me. I'm the man yeah, that now, you see, know. I, I, I will agree with you and say that I'm not a great better because I'm a little bit conservative. I don't like losing money. So, I, you know what I'm saying? If it ain't a lock, I, I, I ain't going with it. Yeah, well, you got the last name lock, but not everything you say in sports is a lock. We've learned that easily. Mm, allegedly. ESPN Live, you had the best ticket in sports. All right, 13 after the hour. We got an email here, another one. Uh, Jacques emails. Okay. He says, did I hear Norm right? Did he say that Joe Burrow would be at Tom Brady levels if he wins in regards to starting. 
or do I need yes, to clean yes. my ears? Yes, he will be on Tom Brady level with stardom. Joe Burrow right now has the the state of Ohio. He has the country behind him. He has the state of Louisiana. And let me, There's not let me, many quarterbacks. Let me, let me, let me, ask, can, you, let me ask you something. Do you, when you okay. say this, do you mean like when Brady won his first, or do you mean like Tom Brady, like right now? No, when Tom, I, I literally say it when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. All right, well, then, then, I'm gonna, then, then I got I got I got to step in here because both of you are wrong. It will be bigger than that. Listen, that Super Bowl is in New that's Orleans. That's what I say. I say it's the next, the only person that's comparable is Tom Brady. After, or do y'all be listening to my face? Y'all just be looking. Even, y'all be pinpointing. Here it is. It's not even comparable. When Ben Roethlisberger won his, his first Super Bowl, it was like cool. He didn't play great, but cool. He seems like he's going to be around a while. When Tom Brady won his first, it was like this guy just started filling in for Bledsoe in Week Two and. Bledsoe played in the championship game because Brady briefly got hurt. He played okay. There was a giant upset of the Rams. It was more about Troy Brown and the defense and Vinatieri. Like, it's not even close. Burrow's stardom will be way bigger well, than Brady was when he won on, his first Super Bowl. When he won his first Super Bowl. But you're banking on... You're banking on Joe Burrow being the star of the game. What if the said situations happens just like Tom, where Joe Mixon's the guy of the game? Would you, or don't, don't you think, the defense don't you think the guy Burrow the is a bigger star than when Roethlisberger was in his second year? I mean, I'm not talking about I didn't even say his I'm, name. I'm, I'm talking well, about Tom. I'm, 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 I'm telling you this. Roethlisberger's stardom in his second year was even bigger than Tom's. And Burrow's is but, bigger but, than both of them. Tom, Tom, Tom the, the legend of Tom ben, Brady ben began wasn't, in 03. That's when the legend of Tom Brady really began. Now, when all was, I, I say that, I mean, people look at 01. That's when it began. So I, I shouldn't. Ben, I shouldn't. I shouldn't poo poo that. Ben wasn't a is, media darling. In a one, Brady ain't. wasn't either. Brady wasn't either in no. a one. Not even. Not even close. He became that, and everyone oh. looked back at 01 as, man, that's part of the legend, and it is. But in the moment, the next year, the Patriots didn't even make the playoffs, and maybe next year the Bengals don't. But in terms of star power, if Burrow wins. It will be bigger. Now, he might. I'm not. Listen, to be clear, I am not suggesting that he's going to go on to have a Brady-like career and have that kind of star power. But if we're talking specifically about when Brady won the Super Bowl after the 01 season. And, and the trajectory know. of his career and how it went, that's literally what I said. It's literally what I said. All you did was you take said, it, you said sprinkle it, parsley on I'm it. I'm telling you, it wouldn't be comparable. Not in the moment. I say he, I say he will be the next person to Brady because there's nobody you just say Big Ben. He'll be. It even, wasn't close. He'll be even. The Big Ben wasn't. He'll be the. He'll be next to. He'll be. No, he'll, well, be yeah, what, he'll be Like past. I said, what I said, what I said was, it would be, put him on a trajectory to the stardom only comparable to Tom Brady. Right. Now, whatever y'all throw in and add in cheese, la butter, la parsley, y'all can add in on my take as y'all well, want. Trajectory, said, trajectory, I think, tra- tra- trajectory. I think you're. I think you're. You're off base here. I don't think it will be. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. No, be that's just your take. I the got stardom take. that Brady will be, but I also think he will be much bigger of a star if he wins the Super Bowl right now than Brady was when he won it at 22 years old. Brady, Brady was a Cause, Brady, cause was Brady a never won a star, national championship, but, and I said this. Yeah. I said this, and I said this. So I said this. You run back you said, to tape. You I said, said this. You said. You know what I'm saying? You next. can put now the, you're saying trajectory. I, said, I mean, I, I don't really know what you're saying. I, I said. Won't you play back the tape? Play back the tape. I said this, so y'all can sprinkle. I got, I'm gonna say it again. Y'all can sprinkle y'all takes and add to it. 
Norm said what he said. Joe Burrow wins this game. He, him on his career is going to be a big on his way to be the biggest star, the biggest star quarterback in the game. It's Tom Brady. Has ever been? I don't. Everybody can debate until they want. The truth is, it's Tom Brady. He'd be on his way to he'll he'll have a supermodel wife too. He went in Super Bowl, Scott. How would it feel to be tight? Well, Burroughs with his, <laughs> his high school girlfriend still, and they're very, you know, they're they're they've been together for a while and and that's neither here nor there. You're Tom Brady yeah. and you retire and yeah. your supermodel wife is, you know, worth more than you and you get to be a stay at home dad that's considered to be the best football player ever. That's not that's not a bad way to leave the game. All right, Norm is uh, is must be in a in a rough zone there, going in and out here. Well, Joe, oh, right, Tom Brady didn't on. win a national championship, right? And then, right? Hello? Yeah, no, I, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, Tom Brady didn't win a national championship. Right, he got he got beat out by Ever, what? Because uh, I said this. I, I said this. Drew Henson at Michigan was that it? I said this. I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. That was before my time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so. So Joe Burrow is a rock star. It, um, you know, I'm not even got to re- they, re- say they, my take. If, uh, if, they, if they if they lose, if they if they lose, what's the comp? What's the Joe? What's, lose, what's, the, what's the Joe Burrow comp if they lose? Uh, he's still. I mean, there's no comp. I just say that he's uh, a great young player, the great under twenty five quarterback. I mean, there's no comp. I mean, I don't know who lost a Super Bowl in their second year in the league. Uh, I can't think of I, I, off the top of my head. I don't know who lost a Super Bowl in their second year in the league. Uh, well, I guess I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who lost a Super Bowl. In the second I mean, it doesn't have to ex- always just be the exact age or years in. I mean, there could be a comp there. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's I'm, not. I'm I mean, trying it's, to find one for you, but I don't know who lost. I don't know who lost a Super Bowl when they were young. I don't know recently. Who, what quarterback I mean, has yeah, been to Super Bowl in their second here, year? Here, here it is. Here it is. And I don't know. If, I think I don't. I, Dan Marino. Now Dan Marino was younger, but it was the second year. Dan Marino was only twenty-three. Dan Marino is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but he never made it back to the Super Bowl. And in year two, everyone was looking at it like, "Oh, he'll be back here." But that was also a different time in the NFL where. You know, it's the mid-80s. The Dolphins had had tons of success back then before that point. You know, they had had an era in the 70s where they won a couple Super Bowls. They were, you know, an undefeated team. The Dolphins have been irrelevant for a long time. Now, to this point, the Bengals have been somewhat irrelevant for a while in the last 30-plus years up to this point. But Marino had star power written all over him. Do people look at the Bengals as like they're definitely going to get back there? Or do we look at Super Bowls and say... And there's a lot of parody in the NFL. No one thought the Bengals would be here. You just don't know when you're going to get back. Like, is Marino a fair comp if Burrow loses? I think, I mean, Marino was special. I mean, that, he was he was a superstar when he came into the league. Is this a good comp here? Uh, I'm going to say no, just because back then the quarterbacks didn't move around a lot. I, I can see Joe Burrow if, if Scott Prather is right. And the Bengals don't want to spend money after going to the Super Bowl in year two. I see him leaving. Why would he stay? But I don't think that that's going to happen. Franchise so. tag. I mean, it's different in the NFL than it is in the in the NBA. But like I, I with with 
Marino, he was like the first of his kind, and not first of his kind, but he was definitely a trendsetter in that it was it was sort of it was very much still a a running league, and it was a running league up until really the mid two thousands, if we're being honest. But Marino was like a guy that came in, and it's like he's slinging it all over the place. That was uncommon back then. I don't know. Burrow's just it's not like he does one thing incredible other than in the clutch he's incredible and he does a lot of things great right don't get me wrong but let's not act like he's been this year for the Bengals he's been playing the way he did his senior year at LSU I mean there's there's a there's a big difference there in terms of like wins losses passing yards interceptions completion percentage all of that I Burrow Burrow is Burrow is interesting he also had a better team I'll say that I'll say that LSU team pound for pound, position for position, probably have better whatever rankings at each position than the Bengals. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's college to pro. It's just, I don't know. It's it's different. Um, You brought that that comparison. No, no. The reason (laughs) I brought it up was, was, was to point out, like, what Burrow's done this year, like, if he wasn't in the, in the Super Bowl, like, what makes Burrow so special and sort of larger than life is what he does in, like, the clutch and in the really, really big, big moments. It's not it's not like like Patrick Mahomes came into the league and then, you know, he played, you know, his rookie year one game. Alex Smith was there. But Mahomes, it was just like statistically you looked at it and you're like, oh, my God. Like you don't look at Burrow's statistics and, like, your jaw drops and say he's going to break every record ever which is what people were saying with Mahomes right out the gate. Like, that's the only thing I'm saying. Like, his senior year at LSU, he broke every single-season passing record there was. As a pro, it's only year two. But it's not like you're looking at Burrow and saying, and looking at the stats as much as you are just looking at, like, you know, you know, the balls on him. I mean, is, I, the, the, for lack is, of better words, like, it's, a, it's a metaphor. This is but the like, difference for know. me. The difference for me is when people are saying that with Patrick Mahomes, they're projecting that with the core of a Kittle and a uh, and a, a Tyreek Hill. But when you look at Joe Burrow, I can't say he's going to break all the stats with just Jamar Chase. I, I can't I, say that. No, no. I mean, but if he was on, if he had a, you know what I'm saying? Like if 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 Patrick Mahomes was, if his receiving core or you know tight end receiver wasn't as good as they are, I wouldn't, you know, just go out there and be like, he's going to break our records. But, yes, you're going to easily see Patrick Mahomes throw 70-yard bombs to, to Tyreek Hill once a game and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, he can he can throw for 400 yards a no, game. Man, well, I mean, Jamar Chase. He, he gets guys like Sammy Watkins and Bergman and these other guys come into the Chiefs offense and do crazy stuff that – Mahomes won his first Super Bowl, and he was 24 years old. Burrow's already older. Even if Burrow wins the Super Bowl Sunday, Mahomes he came is, into the league older. Mahomes, he came into the Mahomes league older. no, no question. But Mahomes is still the bigger star. Like he's, I don't think there's anything that happens Sunday. Oh, by far, I'm that, not saying that, he's would, not. that would make Patrick Mahomes not the current face and biggest star in the NFL. Oh no, no, I disagree with that. If he if he walks down. Two minute warning and wins the game on a touchdown pass. Oh yeah, he's he's big. right now today. He's bigger than Patrick Mahomes no, today. I, I don't agree with that. Today, Mahomes is the biggest star in the NFL. Man, biggest star in the NFL. Yeah, no question. Until, if Joe Burrow doesn't win by a touch, by a game winning touchdown in two minutes, because the hey man, Joe Burrow got he rocking the chains. Joe Burrow, hey, I like Pat, I really do, but hey, hey. They rocking with Joe. There's like the people rocking with Joe. Like following with this guy, man. Twenty five after the, the hour. People rocking. I mean, that's what I said. 
Patrick, Patrick got it, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got you got Lamar, I'll say polarizing fan base. You got Lamar Jackson, you got Patrick Mahomes, and you got Joe Burrow. Like everybody else doesn't have a polarizing fan base. I can't say, oh yeah, you know, outside of Cowboys fans, oh yeah, Dak Prescott I could just do whatever. No, no, he's not he's not like that. I can't say, oh yeah, Josh Allen, you know, throw him in the commercials. Yeah, no, no, no. But those three guys right there have a cult following and fan base for at the quarterback. Well, he just retired. Tom Brady still has it. That's the reality of it, whether we like it or not. I mean, oh yeah, no, oh yeah, Tom Brady. Oh, I was talking. We talking young all these young kids crying when he retired. It's like you know, you didn't even watch him play. What are you talking about? What is this? Hey, my, hey, hey, you stop that. My nephew is very still hurt about Tom Brady. He's he's six, and he's distraught that Tom Brady has retired. He can get used to six disappointment if he falls in your face. Probably only seen one game. <laughs> he's, he's only seen two Saints versus Bucks games this season, and he's distraught that Tom Brady's retiring. <laughs> 26 after the hour of 8 o'clock. Scott Prey, the Norman Locke. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. More Super Bowl prop bets. We're digging in. Don't go anywhere, including a prop bet about the halftime show. That's right. Don't go anywhere. It's all coming your way after this on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is officially live in Louisiana with mobile sports betting just in time for the big game. Right now, you can place a bet in Louisiana with DraftKings Sportsbook without leaving the comfort of your couch. To add to the excitement, DraftKings is giving new customers a special offer. You don't want to miss it. Bet just $5 or more on any playoff game and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. The wait is finally over. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Check out all the great DraftKings stuff. Great promotions, features like the same game parlays, where you combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. DraftKings is safe. It's secure. It's reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1420 and get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 or more and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code 1420 this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you the friendship test what you got the best seat in the house espn lafayette espn lafayette.com and the espn lafayette app oh what you what are you saying oh, you trekkies and tv addicts don't mean to this don't mean to bring static oh, you cling on to your grandma's house grab your back street friend to get loud bullet doors off inches grabbing with the pinches and no i didn't retire snatch it off with the needle nose pliers ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Scott Prather, great Scott show on a Thursday. Norman Locke on the road, but on the show. It's too bad that when uh, MCA was was still alive and rocking with the Beastie. It's too bad the Beastie Boys never got to do a halftime show, Norm. I mean, they they were around at a time where they just wouldn't have put them on, but... I don't know, man. The NFL halftime shows, they've evolved over the years. You know what I mean? We're going to have a a, a different kind of halftime show on Sunday evening. Wait, who's who's the whole lineup? What's the whole lineup again? Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, and Eminem. 
not rocking with it. I don't like it. Why? Uh, I feel like they, they did like a mix of like, what 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 kind of demographic are they trying to please? Like, you know what I'm Every, saying? Like, if I'm if I'm rocking out the Kendrick Lamar, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm rocking out the Kendrick Lamar, I'm not putting on Snoop Dogg. You know what I'm saying? If I'm if I'm listening to to Mary J. Blige, I for damn sure not about to cut on no Eminem. I'm just, they, I'm just trying to figure every, out what they like, like you said. Most, just, every now and then you'll have a Super Bowl show. I don't know. I, I see where I see where you're going. Like, do you just go like the one yeah, big like, act like you did with Prince back in the day, which was a great halftime show, or Springsteen yeah. or the Who? But there are other times where it's like what, we're last gonna have, year we're was, gonna have Red Hot Chili Peppers and year? someone else. I don't even remember. Oh, uh, last year was it was no, the weekend. I mean, he did cool. good. I think last, year was, last year was the weekend. He did good. Yeah, it was just the weekend though, right? Uh, I don't think there was any. Yeah, yeah, and there weren't. You know, there was. There was COVID. Yeah, it was just the weekend. And then his little, little viral. Yeah. So yeah, and then the, the year before was I think Travis Scott and uh, Jay Z. I think it was, or maybe two years ago. But like you said, this lineup. I, I guess I, I'm gonna call it a legacy lineup, other than Kendrick it's not, Lamar. It, but they do like, a lot. Okay, they uh, do that a lot. They like they've done. A, there was one Super Bowl where they had like. Britney Spears, Mary J. Blige, Aerosmith, NSYNC, Nelly, um, you know, some some group called the Earthquake Horns. I don't even know who that is. Like, now, I, they've, they've done that. They I, do I'm, that I'm often even okay where it's just a mismatch. That, no, but I'm, I'm even okay with that. I'm even okay with that. You know Bruno why? Mars because you got, Coldplay, you got Pop. That was one. I like that. I like that. You got, you got uh, uh, Pop and Rock and Roll. You know what I'm saying? You got, like when you said the other one, you got pop, rock and roll, rap, R&B. And this one, you got, it's all rap and Mary J. Blige. There's and then enough, it's rap enough. from across oh, different it, ages. Wait, wait, was, did they, when was J-Lo and Shakira? That was two years ago? That was, I think that was two years ago. J-Lo I, and Shakira. I don't, I don't, what, what I don't the, know. I, enjoy, I enjoyed it, though. Shakira, thing, Shakira. One thing that... Um, one thing that's a guarantee is that if you go on social media, people are just going to be fighting about the halftime show, regardless of who's in it every year. Everyone's going to be arguing. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, well, you're this. That means you're this. No, no, that means you're this. Or, like, some of the most outrageous things I see on social media, and I see outrageous stuff every day, is during the Super Bowl halftime show, every year, regardless of who it is. And this year, I know I'm just going to be waiting for it. Oh, oh! I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the one you're gonna see because I'm uh, Eminem <laughs> gonna catch some slander because it's like, right, why your, is Eminem like? What he's gonna rap? What here's, you, your, here's your prop bet. Rap? Here's your prop bet. Um, it is okay. how many? Because you're talking about mismatch, you know, mashup performances, all that stuff. How many songs will be performed during the halftime show? You ready for this? The over under on this is nine and a half. And how many different people are performing? Five. Oh, I'm taking over. Because the only people that have crossover songs together are Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg. Dog. I mean, you know, Dr. Dre and Eminem. Yeah, Snoop and Dr. Dre. Nobody else has crossover songs. You're not excited about so this. So I'll take over. You're not liking Kendrick this. is going to do at all. Zero percent. Kendrick Lamar has no new music. Uh, newer than the last three years, you know, Mary J. Blige Legacy Act. Can't can't go wrong with Mary J. Blige. Not tripping on that. 
let's even say you can't go wrong with with Snoop Dogg. You know, he transcends an age group. Right, right. He's, but Dr. He, Dre and Eminem, that, too? That's, that's a very, that, that's more of a specific, well, I, I yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. And then man. performing I'm, I'm for interested. me to be engaged is like, okay, all right, let's go through a song. Let's go through it. Let's go through it. What song do you, would you be rocking out to from Mary J. Blige, Scott? One of her old ones for sure. I mean, you know. Okay. It, okay. It, it, it would, it would, All right. It would have to now, be like, it would, what I mean, song? Talking like Family Affair, like, you know, Mary Jane. Like, Mind you, this is this is being played at the Super Bowl, <laughs> so it can't be just like no. You tell what I'm saying? What song is going to have you like, you know what? Damn, let's go get another round at the Super Bowl. It ain't, I, I'm sorry, Mary. I don't know the song. Now let's go to Eminem. What 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 are you gonna do? If it ain't nothing off of Marshall Mathers or, or nothing, you know, super old, what are you performing? You can do I mean look, first of all, what you, guaranteed he's gonna do lose yourself. That's a guarantee. Um people know that it was in a movie, it won an Oscar. Uh, that he's gonna I he's like gonna that do song. That. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna do my, that yeah, one. He's yeah, gonna do yeah, that yeah, one yeah. for sure because people know it, you know. Okay. They'll probably do like twenty seconds of the real slim shady. Uh and then, you know, him and Dre okay. will do something together and Really, it's, and everybody's gonna be thing. just looking. Every, You're gonna see people just blank <laughs> stares. Dre, like I feel like Dre, blank and Snoop, Dre and Snoop Dogg and Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, like it's like, all right, guys, this is the Super Bowl. You know, you can't say certain things, right? You got to do the edited version. I can totally see, like, the producers are most nervous about Eminem just doing, like, just not doing any, like, not doing what they just ask. Going just going off, yeah, yeah. Like, he, if anyone's gonna just go completely you know what, away Scott? from what they're supposed to do, it's gonna be him. Okay, I now I, I get why they put Dr. Jerry Snoop Dogg West Coast. Right, it's in LA. LA. It's that's yes, in LA. Yeah, it's in West Coast. But again, in the Super Bowl, I mean, I get it. You know, Snoop Dogg start performing his old stuff. People gonna be, you know, Dr. Dre start performing his old stuff. Kendrick is from LA too. I get it. I get it. But I, I scrap it. I wouldn't have put them all together. You could have just went straight West Coast, and I would have been okay. They would have been like. Ice Cube, Dr. Dre. Misrecognition. Hey, watch oh. out. Be careful on the road. Why yeah, are you doing they, that? Let's, 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 I get you hey. saying. Go, let's, let's take a phone call. ESPN Lafayette, best yeah. ticket in sports. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Uh, Mary J. Blige, her biggest hit, her crossover hit. Scott, I heard you, name, you mentioned a song earlier with Family Affair, a song produced by Dr. Dre. So I think the whole Super Bowl, like you said, uh, Dr. Dre from the L.A. area. Uh, Snoop Long Beach, you know, the L.A. area. Uh, it's an odd to uh, G-Funk, an odd to um, that that sound, that legendary sound produced by Dr. Drake. Uh, you can't, uh, you said Ice Cube. Uh, Ice Cube doing his own thing. Um, and he doesn't really, you know, he, he, he's, I don't think he really, sure he does music, but, you know, that's not his thing. Uh, also, uh, come on, man, Eminem was produced by Dr. Drake. He put him on the put him on the scene you know i know he was doing his thing but no man they're they're, 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 based, they're forever connected there's no question i mean yeah, the two yeah so yeah, yeah that doesn't mean i want to see him perform at halftime why you would think 50 cent would be but i think that's a little bit different that might be an eminem artist but uh yeah i think oh, i just asked him all question but yeah just uh it's just an eye to dr dre man the whole that sound, man. You, you know what I'm saying? Now, don't get me wrong, man. I know, I know Natural Born Killers, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, that's a classic. That would be nice to have uh, Cube on there. Uh, I feel where you're coming from. But 
Now, Dr. Dre produced a lot of uh, just that G funk, you know, give uh, give and take. But uh, yeah, it's an odd to Dr. Dre, man. You know, you're just giving Dr. Dre his props. He put Kendrick Lamar right. Uh, I know he had some album before Dre produced, but Dre was big on that album, uh, "The Pimp a Butterfly." You know, so um, it, it's one of those type of things, man. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And Mary J. Blige, you know, you, you bring it in a whole nother crowd with, with her, you know. Um, Scott, you know, man, you know you wasn't listening to Mary J. Blige back in '94. You listen to Mary back in the day? No, no, I, I didn't. I didn't listen. I didn't oh, really okay. get introduced to her stuff until I was in college. I had a friend that listened to her a lot. I was in a play, and this friend of mine, she was always listening to Mary J. Blige. So I learned. I, that's really, to be honest, the only time in my life I really heard her stuff. But for about three months, I heard her every day, and there's those are the ones I remembered hearing. But I don't, I don't really, crazy, own, I don't own any of her stuff. Yeah, I don't own any of music, but her music always, you know, resonated with me. You know, I'm, you know, there was other acts from that uh, genre, but, uh, but you know, I always gave her props. Of course, now that would be nice if Method Man came out. She did uh, that song with Method Man. You know, you uh, Marvin Gaye and them their version. Um, but anyway, man, but uh, that's all I had to add. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what it is, man. Snoop and of course Dr. Dre. You know, he put Snoop on the map. You know, so. Uh, and then Snoop always represents uh, the West Coast, that area. So it should be uh, interesting man, to see. Thank you all. Thank you. The song he's referencing is, I think, uh, what, Killing Me Softly with his song. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, Norm, yeah, let's, take, yeah. let's take another yeah, that's one. My song. that's my jam. ESP and Lafayette. Let's take one more, and then okay. we'll uh, throw it back to you. ESP and Lafayette, good morning. Welcome in. Yeah, I ain't got no problem with that performance, as long as Lil Wayne not up there clowning. No, you stop it. You stop it. No, it's true. Don't. You know, you don't need the low end wouldn't fit with that. Stop it. As long as the worst rapper of all time out up there, it'll be good. It'll be good for me. It'll be, be all right. Stop you got some real guys up there. No, you on the road, no. He's running from me. Yeah, I'm on the road. I'm on my way to L.A. He's running from his bed. That's what he's doing. I'm going to find, well, well, find y'all a defensive coordinator for the Saints. Well, man, be careful on the road. Don't go get no wreck the way the Dallas Cowboys did in the playoffs. Don't wreck yourself. Have a good one. Thank you, Ronnie. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. I'm going to Lakers. When we come First back. First place I'm going right there is the Crypto Center. When we come back. Doug Peterson was hired as the Jaguars head coach and came in and immediately took a shot at Urban Meyer. What did he say exactly? We'll tell you next right here on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Now, 103.3 on the FM, 1420 on the AM, and streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. If you're listening to us via the stream, 
That is brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Let me remind you guys about the Post 69 Project Patriot Home Giveaway. Support all of our veterans in this area. Purchase a ticket to win a beautiful home. Absolutely beautiful home in the Birchman Oak subdivision. You can go to post69projectpatriot.org. Buy your ticket there. They got early bird drawings right now. All proceeds stay in the Acadiana region, and they support our veterans. So big thanks to everyone out there that's supporting a great cause. And uh, the ticket will help the Wounded War Hero Project. Norman Locke is on the road this morning, but he has been on the show. Doug Peterson was hired as the uh, Jaguars coach in... He said, you know, some things in his opening statement, Norm, and let me read you um, two sentences here. To our fans, I know you've been through a lot. You've been through a lot even this past season, but that's about to change, and I can promise you that I will never skip the team playing to get grinded on, and I will never kick our kicker. (laughs) Okay, Doug. Hey, that's how you you want a fan base. He's just coming out just... Just throwing out haymakers there, which before we leave. I wish Dennis Dennis Allen came out and was like, you know what? I won't quit on y'all. That's stopping. Dennis Allen's probably not going to have uh, <laughs> his best running back uh, at the beginning part of next season because the NFL is likely going to suspend Ooh, Alvin man. Kamara. Norm. Yeah, what, bro. What, what the hell was he thinking? Uh, you know, Alvin, he would have, he's averaging, what, 90 catches uh, a season. Uh, we all know that he's good with his hands. And I think everybody knows he's good with his hands. So you don't have to use them outside of football. And that's where I'm disappointed in Alvin Kamara. It's because you're, you're a Pro Bowl player. You're at the Pro Bowl. You have entourage with you. You know how successful you are. You know what you mean to New Orleans community and the organization. Why make such a bonehead decision to include yourself on, uh, you know, in, in any type of violence? I mean, you're hanging out until the early morning at a strip club, reportedly with his girlfriend, his manager, and then two other friends. You're walking out of an elevator. Yeah. Some guy that's, you know, got a lot of liquid courage starts running his mouth yeah. and, I guess, touched his chest, and then they beat the hell out of him. I mean, that's... According to the reports, that's allegedly what has happened. That's what happened. And then yeah. the, the police came to talk to him, which, by the way, the NFL let him play in that game, even though they knew, you know, that they were going to come talk to him. And then Alvin, man, don't talk. The just, police even just let him play in the game, Don't Scott. talk. Like, <laughs> just, just, just say, you know, uh, am I being detained? Yes, okay. And then call your lawyer. But uh, he basically, according to, according to the reports, he essentially just told the police in a lot of ways, like, yeah, I did it. You know what I mean? Like, it was, I know I'm, I'm the Cliff's Notes Correct. version here. He's like, well, he was kind of walking away, and the police are like, oh, the video says he wasn't. And now he's, I mean, you, you got, you know, you're a $70 million man. Like, and he's so, the thing is, it's not like he has a track record. It's not like he has a criminal record. He doesn't, he's like, seems to be the most, like, sort of chill guy. He's always walking around the city all the time. But, man, you, you're in Vegas yeah. at that hour, just... 
you gotta. I mean, I, I and, love I love Alvin, right? I do, but was, that was dumb, and you, you can't be dumb. And that was just a dumb move. And he's got to be smarter than that. And he's probably going to get sued move. too. And, he's going to end up spending a ton of money on legal bills, and that guy's oh, probably yeah. going to sue the hell out of him. The drunk guy that was running. Yes, he his was because I, I seen pictures. I seen pictures of the of the guy, and it wasn't just the you know stop stop messing with us. You know, you just give him a, a little light butt whooping. No, they beat the hell out the guy uh, because there's multiple was people. Kind of and that, up before too, I mean, he wasn't, you know, wasn't the most handsome guy. But no, yeah, uh, you, but you, you afterwards, I could you couldn't even. You, yeah, so he, that's why I'm just looking like you know. He ran his and, mouth. Alvin, just, like you say, walk away. Just get in the elevator. Like, what are you doing? Like, who cares? I'll say this, He's Scott. Some drunk idiot. I'll say this, guy from from Alvin. I'll, I'll say me being in New Orleans. And I've, I can attest and say I've been in multiple nightclubs with Alvin Kamara. Um, Alvin Kamara then versus Alvin Kamara now with his girlfriend, two completely different people. He's highly, highly protective of her. And I can say that he moves around with her a lot. And I hate to say it, but... He probably said something or did something towards her, which Reportedly, still doesn't, you know, correlate. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I know how he moves around with her now in New Orleans, and it's like, you know, the, the, you know, move around with the, with the Queen of England. You know what I'm saying? He protects her, and I understand it. But you have entourage. Let the entourage handle this, guy. It's called. You know, that's what they're there for. You know what I'm saying? You gotta let him handle it. You gotta stop. Gotta step away from it. I, I get it, but it's a dumb move. Super dumb move. Well, they need to pull him off, but they need to step in front of the punch and let him punch them and say, "No, let us handle it." That's it. Let us handle it. That's all you gotta show. do. Like that is Dorman Lock. That's it, man. We'll see if he actually brings me my breakfast next week. Stay safe on the road, my friend. Tomorrow on the Great Scott Show, we'll Gus Cattengill. We'll talk to Roman Harper, former Saints Super Bowl champ. Uh, Rage Cajun softball season begins tomorrow. We'll have someone on to preview that some more as well. In the meantime, the Dan Patrick Show is next. Be safe, Norm. We'll hear you Sunday morning. All right. See you, Scott. All right. Keep it locked in. This is ESPN Lafayette.